Our guest for today's episode is Komal Maheshwari. She is studying architecture at IIT Roorkee and is a former product design intern at Kyofit. I am Mayank Khandelwal and you are listening to whiteboard.fm. Hi Komal, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So Komal, uh, how did how did you get started in design? So uh, starting at the beginning, uh, I never. So, so I'm from architecture. I'm studying architecture at IIT Roorkee currently, and I had never imagined I'll be doing that. It was a snap decision made like within two days. So from there, uh, I started getting to know about design. I'd always been a very hardcore physics, chemistry, maths kind of a person. But post J advanced, I thought this could be a good stream to venture into because I was not getting the other streams that I wanted to. So I went for architecture instead. The process is slightly complicated, but okay. Um, from that, I started understanding design a little. I wandered around a lot. Uh, there was a phase where I was um, exploring economics sometime, and then there was this phase where I was exploring coding. After a point of time, I read this um, book. Um, and there was also a lot of introspection where I got to know that uh, it really matters to me that I create and craft. So while I won't say that I uh, will remain a designer for the rest of my life, there is this, uh, so I read this book by Walter Isaacson, Steve Jobs, if you've read it. It's uh, an amazing book. You should definitely read it if you haven't. So that book talks about how uh, you can create a lot of impact through good products. Like products are very powerful agents of change and agents of you know advancement in the society and every good product needs a very good design for it to work well from there i understood how design impacts products and all of that so i started venturing into it on my own because i saw this as a way to create impact and then i realized i liked it and i liked this whole product making um, process so yeah that's how great so komal uh, can you tell us more about your first project like what was your first project like and what was your thought process in making it? I don't have too many projects per se. Okay. Uh, I've always viewed and I'm not uh, too much of a visual person. So I don't have a Behance or a Dribble profile. I think uh, design is a very multidimensional field. You can approach it from a lot of different angles and there can be a lot of different ways to make your portfolio so-called. Right. Uh, in my opinion, the portfolio has always been expressing your own self. Right. So for me, my first project was when I had started trying to understand what design was. So I, uh, I had seniors who were working in the field. So I asked them and one of them asked me to, you know, just choose an application I really liked and really used and to completely redesign it, identify the problems and redesign it on my own. That's how I, you know, redesigned WhatsApp. Okay. And I had a case, I wrote down a case study on, uh, on it. It was a 10 minute read. It's on medium. Uh, this is my medium blog. I have two articles on it so far. This is my article on WhatsApp. This was uh, written last year, uh, April 2019, if I'm not wrong. And um, so, so yeah, so basically uh, I have written it here. I mean, I uh, before I begin, I want my readers to know that I've started out as an absolute beginner. So this was basically me trying to understand how this whole field works. and. Yeah, so, uh, so gathering perspectives here, this is 
uh, the part where this is what we call user interviews and user research in our day-to-day lingo. This is where I found out what people really wanted. And then I identified problems and I, you know, um, there are, this, and then, then solved them. There are five basic problems. And it just, that's the basic structure of this article. So basically the first um, problem was of uh, calls. So problem is that the button right now is very easily accessible. You know, the call button. And it does not take a second for WhatsApp to make a call to another person. The person knows that uh, the other person had called you up, even if it's by accident. And that can be very problematic in a lot of situations. So this is where, uh, so there's the first assumption goes, that most users in India own a phone with a small to average screen size. You know, going with the whole, um, the, most of India is a lower middle class group. So they don't own phones with fancy six inch screens. They have normal phones, right? In that case, this is your, um, for an average uh, size phone, this is the touch zone, right? And your call button is in your okay touch zone, which is still pretty precarious. Post which, um, you also know that the, that a significant, the second assumption being a significant chunk of the Indian user base is not very comfortable with tech. Now I'd like to add here why assumptions are very important. Assumptions are important because, um, when you're designing something, there are two ways to go about it, right? Either you have extensive user research and you know exactly what this is, what your user base is like and what you have your data with you, right? To design according to. Or else you at least know what are the pain, what are the points which need to be addressed by data. And because I don't, I did not have the resources to get that data through research, I made assumptions according to my observations, which gave me those data points, you know. Uh, basic um, dummy uh, data points. Basically. Okay. Right. So when I say that, I classify very crudely uh, the Indian user base into you know our generation, the college high school kid, a young professional, and there is this um, this this bar which tells you the comfort with the smartphone. So a very large chunk, that is three fifths of the society, has a very small comfort level, as you can see with the smartphone. Right. So that way. Uh, there is this one sentence that says it will be safer to say that they'd be happier if the chances of accidents are reduced. Okay, so then there is a solution. You place the call button as the first uh, option of your dialogue, your three-dot menu. That way, uh, the thing is that calling is a very calling is a is not cannot be replaced by another uh, function, right? If you have to call somebody, you have to call somebody, and you know you have to call somebody. So. Clicking that uh, menu button does not is not really a very difficult choice to make because if you know you have to call somebody, you have to click on call button. On the other hand, um, I replace the call button with something known as search, as you can see here. Um, this is slightly blurred, but this is the search button. Okay. What happens then is this, that people usually do not know about the search button because um, it's hidden in the three-point menu, three-dot menu. That way, it becomes easier for people to know that a, that a search function exists. For us, people like you and me, we know that search is something which every application has. De facto. But a lot of people do not know that. So it becomes easier for them. So then uh, I also write down the thought process here. When I write that calling is a deliberate action, A. Uh, the call button is not easily accessible. So basically, uh, it's not very difficult to find either because the first option in the three dot menu, it's not very difficult to access. So now the thing to note in this article is that the thoughts are very structured. 
I tell you a problem first. I tell you what I assume. So my data is clear. And then I tell you what I thought, like my solution and then the thought process. And every single problem goes by like that. Now, this is important because of two reasons. So people usually ask me why, um, why I choose to write instead of the usual uh, dribble behind shots that people do. I do that because it is a lot easier to show your thought process when you write it. Similarly, you have something known as the location of the search button. Now, this got solved in the earlier uh, this thing. So, you the search button is here. Hmm. When I solve for the call button, I draw the search button outside. Yeah. Okay. Again, you have the thought process here. Important things are written in bold. So, this was the only project I had when I had applied for my internship. I did not have any other projects. I had started designing two months before uh, applying. I started designing in February and I applied in April. So, but this was incredibly helpful because um, when I asked my manager why he had chosen to interview me in the first place, because I had very little experience and Chofit has a very good design team. I mean, I was shocked by how good they were. He said that uh, your writing had a, very, had a very good structure to it. And I realized that it is really important to put your thoughts forward properly. And it is also very important to be comfortable with your medium of expression. I am not um, vilifying Behance or any other visual medium. I have never been a person of person who uses a lot of color or a lot of visuals. I have always been a person of words. So I use words. It is very important to express your portfolio in a in a way that you are comfortable with. Yeah. So this is what how it goes. This is the third problem. The fourth problem. So you uh, ah sorry. This is the third problem. It says search options. So the problem is that the search option is incredibly basic. You cannot search by date or even by the name of a member. Right. And that is that becomes incredibly important when you have a group with a lot of people in it. And the relevant results are not displayed together. Instead, they are highlighted and one has, has to scroll endlessly in order to be able to locate the relevant message. And the fact that older messages take a little time to load as you scroll up makes the whole ordeal very exasperating. These are the problems I identified with the search thing. Yeah. And then there was the solution that I decided. So basically, you have a search by member, which is only for group chats. And then you have a search by date, where you, where, which is for both group chats and individual chats. When you click on search, uh, you have two options. There is search by date and search by a person. Right? right. And when you do... So search in, yeah, so search in conversation in this. When you click on this, it says search by member. So basically, this is about um, UX copy, right? By writing things here, I am communicating to the person who is looking at it and who is trying to use it as to what the expectations of the application are from you. Right. So all of these things, um, they all came. So when I had originally uh, done this case study, when I had not written it down, this was not as detailed as this. Okay. When I started writing it down, it took me an additional 20 days. It, it took me a month to come up with this whole case study. When I started writing it down, it took me an additional 20 days just to brush it up and, you know, bridge the gaps and all the, and, you know, remove all the contradictions and everything. Right. So precisely why writing really works for me. It helps me clear my mind. Um, yeah. So that is, this is search by date. That, that was search by member. Oh no, sorry. This is search by date. This is, that was search by date. This is search by number. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So when you write Shubhi here, all of her messages come in with the dates. So you know exactly what, and when you click on a particular message, you get the context here. Yeah. March 14th, 
and everything there. So this was that. And the fourth one is, so you can either block a person or you can mute a person. There is no, you know, there is no alternative where the person is blocked. You don't see his messages, but he doesn't know about it. So this is the problem here is the absence of a diplomatic alternative to block is what right. I call it. So sometimes all you want is not to see a certain chat in your inbox every morning, but to still receive text and access them whenever you want to. And the solution was the ignore feature. Slightly childish, but gets there. All right. So it's here and you can ignore the person. There is the ignore contacts here and you can get, you can still access their messages, but they don't pop up uh, in your face every morning. Okay. The reasoning given was blocking is generally seen as an extreme measure and people don't usually wish to resort to it unless their relationship with somebody is explicitly thought. And that happens very rarely, we know, in the mature human world. So this is a more diplomatic way out. Right. I personally really want this feature in my phone. So I added yeah. it there. <laughs> and the last part is changes in the drop menu. Um, you have something known as the wallpaper here right now. I don't think the wall wallpaper is, a, is something that is... Um, needed in every chat for like in the three dot menu for every chat box you have something known as the wallpaper you don't need it because once you change the wallpaper it changes for every chat box it's not yeah. customizable chat box by chat box so you can have it in the main menu you don't need it here here right so instead um we have these here so that you know what your options are mute ignore block and report these options come under more usually and people who are not very well versed with tech, it becomes really difficult for them to know what their options are. Like even my parents are not very familiar with these options. They're pretty tech savvy, but they don't know about this. So yeah, so the thought process was that in the, in the proposed solution, you know all the options that you have for a particular chat as soon as you open the drop down menu. Yeah. And I've also mentioned that wallpaper should be a part of the settings as the app because it's more of a secondary action and a relatively vain indulgence as compared to other options. And it does not really matter what your wallpaper is after a point of time. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I ended with the learnings that I had. And I thanked my readers. Okay, nice. I stopped so sharing the screen. This was the project that you shared when you were applying to Kyofit as well, right? Yeah, this was the only project. I also had a had a this thing, a poster which said you should not smoke. But that okay. I think was irrelevant. All right. Can you share more about your experience uh, in terms of how did you apply to CureFit and what the process was? So I started applying in April, um, mid of April, around 13th or 14th of April. And I, I emailed the companies. I emailed around 30 companies. And the email IDs I got from my seniors had already applied for companies. So usually every college has a set of seniors who are into a certain field and they have their own repository. And they give it to you. So I emailed all of these companies. I don't even know which companies these were. Um, but yeah, I emailed, I did not email too many of the biggies because I knew I was a starter. I was not even expecting an internship. But okay, so I started emailing and um, I emailed Kyofit as well. The next day I got a call from Kyofit which said that they had fixed me up for an interview. And I got interviewed the next day. And at the end of that interview, it was a 40 minute interview. And at the end of that interview, I was in. So it was a very roller coaster like process. <laughs> Did not great. even realize it happened. Can you share what yeah. kind of questions were asked during the interview and what the how the interview process was? So there were three main questions. Uh, the first question, which seems very generic, but I think it's extremely important. Uh, he asked me, the, my interviewer, he asked me that, um, tell me about yourself and why do you want to come into Kyofit? 
now um usually back then i didn't know it but when i um, revisited that whole thing and when i you know gave it a thought i realized that it is extremely important to know why you're doing something and because um maybe for us it is important to land an internship but for the company that you're going to it is very important that you fit into their culture it is extremely important for them to be able to work with you that they know you will be able to fit into their culture and they know why you are doing what you're doing they just don't want another person who just wants an internship for their cv right right so when i answered that i told them about my whole journey the whole i read this book and i had this revelation and everything and i told them that i wanted to be a part of their company because um i think they were doing a good job and i really i am into fitness myself it's a very important part of life for me yeah. and their target audience is somebody who's just like me right living in a city on their own and needs you know subscription to daily meals and exercises yeah. and all of that so yeah i i, I told them that as that But and that was honestly my reason. Somebody else's reason might be something else, right? And I think it is important to tell them what you really feel. So that was my first question. The second question he asked me to pick a daily object and um, to design it to be used better, like to design it to become better. So my object was an umbrella, and I designed it to become a better umbrella. And number three was uh, to design a soda vending machine for a blind person. I would like to know that the the, the your answer to that question. Which one? The soda vending machine. Oh, so the funny part is through all of these three questions, I was I was being corrected at every single step. You're wrong here. You're wrong here. You're wrong here. You're wrong here. So by the end of it, I did not really have a solution. But what happened? What interestingly, what happened during that question was um, I asked him a lot of other questions. Okay, so he told me you need to design a soda vending machine for a blind person. I asked him, does the person need to navigate through that whole space? Is it in a closed space or an open space? Does do we? Is the person already standing in front of the soda machine, or he also has to walk towards the soda machine, right? And we also are assuming that the person cannot read Braille. When I researched later, interestingly, I got, I got to know that less than ten percent people can read Braille. Braille illiteracy is very common. Now there are a lot of problems. You know, during the whole navigation process, there are people, there are objects. The floor may be slippery. and i mean things can go very wrong if not done properly right um a very important thing to note here is that most of my interview most of this question and most of my interview involved a lot of problem identification which is important because um as i realized through my process and as a lot of i think a lot of people who are in my position right now with one or two internships and have done a little work will be able to conquer it identifying the problem is the major problem solutions can be arrived at but it is really important to be able to identify a problem so throughout i think that question i was identifying a lot of problems after a point of time he told me ki theek hai assume he is within 1 meter uh, radius of that machine how will he orient himself towards that machine so the solution started from the soda machine making various soda machine like sounds like a like bubbles to the soda machine calling that person to the soda machine having a camera and identifying the person and the problems kept cropping up that the soda machine cannot that there are other stakeholders there it cannot um you know irritate the other people around him around the soda machine sorry that okay i'm constantly beeping and there is this random dude who can see yeah and he's going and he gets annoyed because why the hell am i constantly beeping or else whenever a person crosses me i say hi because i want to tell them that i'm here but that person can see he does not want to listen to that hi he gets completely scared and he drops his popcorn we don't want that right 
so all of that happened and con- and uh, the whole process involved a lot of problem reading and eventually there was a metal ring ring kind of a thing uh, that projected itself from the soda machine and once the person was in front of that um, soda machine he could start um, you know uh, like touching that ring and it is a very lame solution it does not no, work fine. but it was there it's more about the process yes. of how you arrived yeah exactly exactly what i realized it yeah. it does not matter if it works but the process is really important you need to be able to question everything and you need to be able to have your why is very clear you need to know why you are doing something so yeah the person basically touches the ring and he orients himself towards the machine and then then uh, one of these uh, so the most unexpected problem cropped up when sir so asked me ki how is he going to communicate with the machine so i said there can be buttons he said why should there be buttons why should there be multiple buttons i said true then he then i said there will be one button i said okay then um, and then um, that that one button he can the machine can tell him that um, you press it once if you want fanta press it twice if you want sprite press it thrice if you want you know something else and maybe he can press it and i forgot to tell him that the machine needs to confirm to him you pressed it right. once we are yeah we are um, this is going to be fanta and if you want to cancel you have a 2 second 3 second window press it again yeah. kind of a thing and, and this seems like a very like a pretty obvious thing but it's it's mind boggling how much detail you have to go into in order to design this fields right. right so yeah that was pretty much it yeah there were couple of other problems but yeah pretty much it Okay, nice. Can you tell us more about the design culture at Kiafit in terms of the the number of designers in the team and the kind of work that's done? So, um, Kiafit, when I was interning there, had around ten designers. They were const- they were they were expanding back then. So, uh, back when I had gone to Kiafit, they did not have a very structured design process. Okay, but they had an incredible team. that knew how to do what it was supposed to do they were very good at their job but the process was not very structured so it was more like um, we had meetings every week and we told each other what like we updated our uh, product manager so there is no hierarchy in coffee basically these were meetings where everybody got to know what everybody else was doing and yeah that is pretty much how it worked uh, one thing to note is that coffee works although it's pretty big now as a company uh, it works very much like a like a you know starting stage like startup right yeah so it is a startup yes but it's a, it's not an early stage startup anymore okay right but it still has that energy about it so there is like the work is very fast you have to do things really quickly there is always a lot of work and uh, everybody has to communicate with everybody uh, i personally the vertical that i was in i was the only designer in that vertical after a point of time initially i had another uh, designer with me he was a senior he was very senior uh, but eventually he also had a, he was a new joinee so back when he had joined he joined along with me so we had the we had only this one project initially then he got other projects and i was virtually the only designer left on that team and i i remember sitting in meetings with operations and business and my product manager and the co- the developers and i mean it it was very um it was very difficult to be able to grasp all of these things on your first internship i just completed my second year but it was a lot of like the learning curve curve is really steep 
after a point of time like initially i remember i didn't understand words like roi right and yeah i remember writing things down on a tissue and gra- like asking people later on ki what what is roi and what is i mean and then i had to literally grasp all that and after a point of time i remember you know talking to all of these different people at different stakeholders and i took one on one interviews and all of those things i think it really um, like i really grew up as a designer and as an individual right it's yeah so i think it's very important i mean i, I mean it, i think it's a great experience i mean you should yeah. definitely work in a startup once in a, once in your lifetime it's a great experience awesome can you tell me more about uh, what projects did you work on and like and the vertical that you were saying you were a part of so coffee has four verticals predominantly uh, number one would be eat fit eat.fit cult.fit mind.fit and care.fit so cultfit mindfit and eatfit are very famous carefit is not that famous it's just it's it's growing up right it's, it's still in that phase where they are spreading the word right so care.fit i was a part of care.fit um care.fit is they have their own clinics and uh, they have their own doctors and yeah you basically yeah it's a it's a clinic which is run by carefit that's basically it and their motto is that um this whole like you can trust the brand and you know that quality healthcare will be provided it's a it's a big problem you know you you never know which doctor to approach but they have doctors under all verticals doctors from physiotherapy to you know um ant to gastroenterology i don't know what that's called i'm sorry to everything else right skin yeah. doctors and all of that so they have all of these doctors under one umbrella they bring them under one umbrella and you can just book an appointment on their app and you can go and you can have your checkup done they also have complete body checkups and all of those things so that comes under carefit my job was to um help them revamp their uh, emr system for the uninitiated an emr system is an electronic medical record system a lot of times when you visit a doctor you will see that he is constantly typing on his keyboard or writing something the doctor needs to record your responses for future reference that's how your medical report is created right so for that this this there there are softwares like practore and a lot of other softwares which help doctors record all this information very quickly and digitally and when information is recorded digitally we all know that it's it's easier to send it across to different people and share it and store it and access it right. later and all of that yeah so uh profit has its own in-house medical record system that i was working on it's called docsap um yeah so i was supposed to revamp that and uh, i made a few prescriptions so the whole revamping process did not go as planned because it turned out down the line that it was not as easy as we thought it was they had to later hire contract workers for like 6 months who later on made the like completed the process so while i was working on it because i was just an intern i worked on minor tweaks which could help improve the performance of that application now when i say improve the performance of that application you need to understand how an emr like what is important in an emr system what is important in an mr system is that it is fast it is clutter free right by fast i mean it is it should be very easy to record the information in it doctors work according to a timeline right you have a 15 minute or a 20 minute or a 30 minute um, appointment with a doctor he cannot exceed that right 
So he he cannot have an application which um, impedes his process, which makes him slow. He needs to have an application which is smart, which can, you know, understand what things which are obvious and reduce the workload. Automation in a way also, um, it is extremely important for the EMR system to allow flexibility to a doctor. Right. Because the human body is extremely complicated. So the doctor needs to be able to write his own notes. And for his own future reference that, okay, these are certain things I also suspect, but may, but it cannot be a part of the EMR system, right? The EMR system cannot have like parameters for everything, like boxes for everything to be yeah. entered. You cannot have that. So there a lot of flexibility needs to be provided. So you need to combine flexibility and efficiency and all of these things under one umbrella. And it needs to be easy to use because the doctor, yeah. because the doctor has to use it all day. And surprisingly, you know, when I um, conducted interviews, a lot of doctors are not very comfortable with tech. They're really not comfortable with tech. So if they are, um, if they are used to a Dell laptop and I gave them a MacBook to test a prototype out, they did not know how to click on that mouse. It was, and it was extremely difficult for me to teach them. It took me time to teach them. So keeping that in mind, and it's not really their fault, right? They again uh, are 40, 50, 55, 60 years old. They know their field, but it's not, it's not necessary that they'll be able to handle a computer as well. Mm. Right. So it is extremely important to remember that when you're making any MR system that it also has to be very simple to use. Right. And the learning cu- curve needs to be does not cannot be very big. Like like it needs to be very smooth, the learning process. So yeah, that's how that is what was supposed to be done. Nice. But I I worked on makeshift tweaks, you know, which could help them like function better. For a short period of time, till we could hire contractors and completely revamp the app altogether. Okay. That was my job. This episode of Whiteboard.fm is brought to you by UI Sources. The problem with finding inspiration online is that there's too many hypothetical daily UI screenshots and not enough real apps. Well, not anymore. UI Sources is one of the biggest repositories of screenshots and interaction videos with thousands of examples of best practices in onboarding, gamification, payments, or whatever else you might be designing. You can also browse by industries like finance, entertainment, education, and so on. Stop reinventing the wheel, save product development time, find inspiration, and compare against the industry standard. Visit uisources.com and apply the coupon code WHITEBOARDFM for 10% off your subscription. That's uisources.com and just apply the code WHITEBOARDFM during checkout to get a 10% off your order. Alright, now back to the show. Can you share some of your work? Sure. Yeah, so this is something known as the physiotherapy plan. Um, and so I had to like, I had to make this whole, this is the screen where the doctors enter the, um, the information that they receive from the patient. Yeah. So this is something known as the provisional diagnosis. This is a drop down menu. So, um, again, something that I learned on the intern was that it really matters whether you're using a drop down menu or a pill box or, you know, just, I, if you're just typing. Right. Because if you have a drop-down menu, you cannot have more than five or six options because then the drop-down menu impedes your speed. Right? It's better to then type it out. If there are just three or four things which are very common, then you can have them as pill boxes like this. And you can also have a drop-down menu. 
and the drop down you can also have drop down when menus which can um support typing like you've typed two or three letters and the drop down menu automatically shows you an option right something that google uses right so these and these have to be like my major job was to figure out where to use what hmm. this was very cluttered before i worked on it and now we use a uh, drop down here and we use like i have like i can show you the states later it's uh, below this but yeah so the goals area was this so this is your impacted shoulder this is the physiotherapy goal whether you want to reduce pain reduce tenderness reduce functional activity and all of these were dynamic pill boxes right they change according to the impacted area now so if say if the impacted area is something like your spine then these will change okay just to like so a lot of back end had to go into it yeah and i had to talk to a lot of developers to be able to make sure that this worked Apart from that, there is something known as provisional treatment plan. Now it's called provisional for a reason, right? Um, your planned treatment may be something, but your actual treatment can change depending on the person's uh, recovery rate and the person's, you know, progress. Right. So you have the session number here. Your planned treatment goes in, but your actual treatment changes. Like when I'm talking about, like when I start entering for session number two. i have to write key what was the uh, actual treatment for session number 1 and then i write for session number 2 and there are uh, as you can notice there are a lot of add comment boxes this is this ref, this uh, is in relation to what i said before flexibility they need to be able to add their own comments everywhere like wherever possible right It's incredibly important it gives doctors that kind of flexibility and then there is post session advice this again you cannot um, have drop down boxes or anything here the doctor has to type it out because again flexibility all right so down this is there is something known as activity recommendation again the same thing uh, there are just three themes so there are only pill boxes here the person does not have to write can just select move on writes the activity name gets a drop down when he writes yo clicks on yoga comes here selects one selects again and can write instructions here these are auto filled and and now you can see this here um this is auto filled right so the moment you select yoga um this get auto this gets auto filled on its own instructions is um step number 1 lift your right hand step number 2 that kind right. of a thing right so the person does not have to write it down here at the same time it gets filled out so when it's printed out the patient get, receives it that way and it's helpful because it's required so see uh, the things that you need to keep in mind while designing a prescription is that um a prescription is meant for the patient right so when the patient looks at it he need he, he should not feel overwhelmed because any which phase he is not well okay. yeah if the prescription is not friendly and if it's not precise to the point then it becomes really difficult for the patient to you know a trust the doctor b right. follow instructions properly you cannot have too much jargon put in you cannot have too much information there only needs to be information that the patient needs Yeah, it's also important to yeah right okay so it's also important to segregate information properly now prescription is just about what the patient needs to do a detailed report will have all of his medical condition put in one place right so that is what we try to do here this is the this, uh, this is the prescription for upim soni uh, your provisional diagnosis is here uh, your the pain your, your goals are here and uh, we are also telling him quantitatively what we what he has currently and what we are targeting for 
and then there is a provisional treatment plan where we tell them what session one will entail and what session two will entail. And then there is something known as activity recommendation. Now, thing to note here is that activity recommendation does not have any um, instructions given here, right? It's just written squats and planks, and lap tests like how So squats and planks, they will uh, we plan to give him another uh, sheet which can have you know illustrations for every exercise. Right. Like for squats, how to go about it. For planks, how to go about it because the posture is really important. Yeah. Now. Earlier, all of these instructions were given, you know, in a written format in the prescription. That increases clutter, right. a lot of clutter. And it is not very, like, it's not a very good form of communication. When you show them illustrations and images, it's a very, it's a far uh, better form of communication, right, Where, as far as exercising goes. So this was, again, a decision taken. To, we won't keep the instructions here. We'll um, instead give him a pamphlet and the instructions can just, like be there and we can just have um, the basic instru- like the basic prescription yeah. on the prescription itself right so this was the other thing I had to design and again um, you also need to know how to strike a balance between costs and your design right you can have very very user friendly design but it can be really costly I'll show you it I'll just show you one more screen and you understand so this is the center prescription can you see the screen yeah so this is something known as the center prescription. Um, this would have been given in printed format. Okay. As you can see, uh, I've defined like the boundaries and the borders and everything centimeter by centimeter, five centimeters and everything. Right. Um, why this is important is that when we had a meeting like with the with the operations team and everything, count patient ko sheets then uh, how much with a five centimeter border how many sheets we'll have to use with a two centimeter border how many sheets we'll have to use right and costs because prescription is free and we at the end of the day are a company right? yeah so they have to look at their costs so as a designer you again um, a very major chunk of your job is to explain to all the stakeholders inside the company that how the cost that they are putting in is worth it yeah so um, sometimes when I had a senior designer with me and I did not know so much, right? So I would see that that person is trying to explain to the ops team and the other team that okay, even if you are increasing your cost by two rupees per patient, the um, this particular margin or this particular uh, say some kind of a feature is necessary for the patient to you know understand things more clearly kind of a thing. Right. Again, seems like a very small thing, but a lot of thought goes into everything that a company does. Yeah. And that was again a revelation because I was like, you even think about the cost of the sheet. Nice. They even think about what quality of paper they'll use to reduce costs and not, uh, you know. So places where um, good quality sheets are important, like reports and all of that, because they are reports are more durable, right? Like you right. need to, reports get handed down from doctor to doctor and right? need to last for years. So there, their paper was very good quality paper but here they slightly compromised on the quality of paper because prescriptions are usually not that crucial um so this is uh, a general physician's um what do we call it uh, the avr system and he has various tabs as you can see this is known as chief complaints um this is where the patient tells the doctor what um 
problems he has. If he's come from for a regular checkup, he'll say no presenting illness. And the moment you click on it, this disappears. You don't have to write nil, nil, nil everywhere. Instead, you can just click on this. This was again a tweak that had to be done in order to make the process smoother for them. As you can see, this is just, um, this is not there anymore. You can just write public notes on the prescription if the prescription is needed. Right. When you, a presenting illness is when the person comes to you with a complaint. Yeah. So if the person has no complaints, he's just saying that um, I've come for a regular checkup. You don't have to write regular checkup. You can just say no presenting illness and it's done. So that was one thing. Um, again, a uh, reason for visit, you have multiple tabs here as you can see. Right? So this is uh, HCU. HCU is health checkup. Medical certificate is when you need a medical certificate for various reasons, professionally and otherwise. Uh, this is a routine checkup and a follow-up. A follow-up is when you have gone to a doctor previously and you're following up on that visit. So yeah. That is another thing. Um, the third thing is, again, the whole iteration kind of a thing. When you um, write C, now there was this huge debate on this particular drop box because conditions are, there are numerous conditions, right? Like infinite number of conditions. Coronavirus did not exist till, you know, a few months ago. Now coronavirus right. is also a condition, right? So, um, this is a click to add new. Now there is also this need for the company to verify that the particular that the particular thing that the doctor has added is genuine. When I say genuine, I'm not saying that the doctor will add something which is not really a condition, but they may have another option on that list that the doctor does not know about and he's writing the same thing in a different um, language. Like um, myocardial infarction and heart attack is the same thing. Right. Right. Myocardial infarction is the scientific name for a heart attack. Yeah. And angina pectoris is the scientific name for a pain in your heart, which happens when your um, car, like the artery supplying yeah. blood to your heart muscles, they get clogged and a part of your heart becomes like something of that sort happens and it's called angina pectoris and that is also known as heart pain or something like that. Get it? Layman yeah. terms in scientific terms. These are two different words. Meaning is the same. So that way, uh, when they say, when they add like when they click on uh, click to add new, uh, this particular new information goes to the company right. and they verify it, right? And they talk to the doctors. They're, in, they're constantly in very close touch with the doctors. So all of that happens. Hmm. So, so a lot of like, so there was this debate whether we should allow people to add something new because we have an exhaustive list already. Right. But then somebody said that, like, like the designers, like even I said that, um, the whole flexibility thing cannot be compromised on. If the doctor feels he needs to add something, he needs to add something. Like you cannot, you cannot compromise on that. So this was finally added, and um, they made the provision that this would come back to the people in the company, and they would like check it. So when you click to add new, this happens. Are you sure you want to add a new entry? Couple will be added to your list temporarily. We will review it, and it will be added to our before it is added to our permanent database. And then, um, so a lot of it was uh, visual communication, like line red when you say mandatory field right? and all of those tiny little things, which, you know, make it easier for people to use an application. Yeah. So yeah. This was chief and chief complaints, you know, it's one of the most important, um, verticals in an EMR system. It is very important to have a properly efficiently functioning chief complaints section because that is the main section that um, doctors need to refer to. Yeah. Because that is where you write what problems the patient is facing. 
so this was this was something that took me around 3 weeks it does not look like much but my god we had so many iterations on it every day something new and then that would get scrapped and something else fun actually a lot of fun yeah so that was basically what i did during the internship that was really intensive also komal if i had to ask you what were your top 3 learnings from the experience what would they be like the internship experience yeah um one of my most so i recently again wrote another blog like two days back which were learnings from a first internship that has around 10 points but yeah i think one of the most important um learnings was that you really need to be specific um, when i say specific so see um a lot of times in your normal day to day life there's somebody who's a person who says like this is what i exactly want people tend to term that person as fussy that okay she does not know how to co- compromise and she does not know how to adjust according to a particular situation yeah right but in a professional setup that's really important because when you're not specific about what you want or uh, what you are um, expecting it becomes really difficult for the other person to know that and things start to get awry post that so i think it's extremely important to be specific about um, what you're expecting what you are um, what your deadlines would be and everything else you know your doubts like the specific thing that you really want to ask instead of you know beating around the bush and expecting that the other person would understand because they won't and it will create pandemonium after a point of time so it's very important to be specific about more or less everything it's the politest thing you can do um the second most important thing would be to um, be very open to feedback because um, i think i know a lot of people say that over and over again but uh, especially if you're a, if you're a beginner it is very very important to um be honest with your uh, employers and your seniors and tell them if you haven't understood something or you've made a mistake it just helps you grow and learn and helps them trust you better because they know that if you've made a mistake you won't try to cover it up and that will that actually is a very effective form of damage control and the third learning would be um a lot of times as um uh, young adults uh, i don't know 20 22 year old people we tend to um you know we don't take our uh, seniors so seriously we have this whole uh, idea that um, our times are different our technology is different we are different as generation gap and all of those things but um, i've realized that despite all of those factors some basic experiences remain the same what i did during my internship was uh, towards the end of my internship last one week my calendar was full of meetups okay half any person i had even said hi to i would make them sit down and ask them questions right and so many of my questions got answered i had this huge um, debate raging inside me like why should you read i am a huge uh, book lover okay i love books i've always loved books and i used to be an avid fiction reader but um after a point of time i i it became really utilitarian at in my second year i was like um, why do you need to read fiction books they don't teach you anything they're just stories made up stuff uh, ankit nagori who is the co-founder of profit I met him for 15 minutes and I asked him this precise question. I asked him that um do you read books? He says yes, around 80 books a year. I'm like, wow. And then I asked him do you read fiction? He said he reads fiction more than non-fiction. And I said, why do you read fiction? Like fiction is just stories, right? So he said, "Okay, fiction is just stories true, but fiction gives you a lot of like fiction increases a your emotional intelligence. B um like if the story is set in New York, you'll get to know New York very intimately. 
if it's set in the holocaust you'll get to know holocaust very intimately stories fiction non fiction books of any sort actually they teach you way more than a lot of other things would teach you so investing in a good book fiction non fiction whatever is one of the best investments you can make so a lot of such questions got answered and yeah i realized that i mean now i am more open to things that my elders have to tell me i think about them for a while and then i you know regard or disregard them smart devices right robots and other things which help humans function better add to their intelligence and stuff artificial intelligence and stuff right so i'm very interested to see what the interactions would be in those scenarios other than that i've realized um, i'm very interested in uh, design of tangible products not digital products uh, i am interested in digital products of course i work in that domain but i'm also interested in tangible products products like um say um you know a walking stick for a blind person that could also help that person detect what if if the floor is slippery or not or where he should go or not maybe or maybe something like have you seen this um video by mit it's it's about it's kind of um uh it's this little uh, object they call it 3d skype like they in colloquial they call it 3d skype so the person you're talking to can emerge out of a little um box kind of okay, thing like a hologram and you can just yeah a holo- not like not exactly a hologram okay. so if there is something there's a little um screen box kind of a thing right. and it has a lot of so called physical pixels right which are fitted with motors okay and if you keep an apple on top of those little pixels they're like 30 by 30 ka box hai wo something like that all right and if you keep an apple on top of it the person at the other end can lift that apple up by you know lift like um increasing the heights of those pixels by different heights so okay. the apple moves that way. yeah and it's pretty interesting so people are actually um devising ways to talk to people through touch despite them being very far away right and all of those things so i'm really excited to see how interactions in those domains pan out exciting stuff what are some of the things yeah. that you're currently learning currently currently i'm not um learning learning uh, per se but i'm reading books currently uh, a lot of books uh, because this whole quarantine period right in us going so there's a lockdown for the next 21 days so i'm giving myself some time to go through books and things that i wanted to learn a lot of miscellaneous information i am also uh, i'm not learning technical stuff per se right now um but i am learning to there are a lot of uh, intangible things that i am learning to do things like supporting myself out there things like um how to i don't know how to present my ideas better and all of those things and i yeah. have realized that even though hard skills are very important uh, it is also important to you know get to know yourself better and uh, sort out yeah not exactly your personality also a lot of there are a lot of soft skills that go into yeah. a professional right 
and they are also pretty important so i'm taking a lot of time to you know um, refine those skills right. and on the side i'm reading a lot yeah okay komal what advice would you give someone who's just starting off in design two basic um uh, advice pieces of advice uh, a would be to not follow the crowd and to know why you're doing what you're doing um which is important because when you don't know some why you're doing something things tend to fall apart very quickly when the going gets tough you start questioning yourself and everything just falls apart and you have to collect it all back again and b you need to be honest to yourself and people around you about and you need to be extremely curious along with honest yeah because you cannot just when when you're honest about the fact that you don't know enough you also get the strength to ask people and that is it get teach me you know and right. i will learn yeah but i don't know it right now but i can learn right if you are not willing to accept that you know don't know stuff and that you are wrong you you won't be in a position to ask people to teach you and you won't be in a position to learn right and when you are not learning whatever you were being dishonest about in the first place you will be dishonest about for the rest of your life great also komal what advice do you wish you had received when you were starting off there is no such thing as product designer or product management material someone told me uh, a senior told me that uh, given your like given how much i know you you will never excel in the product field and that really put me off for a very long time because i thought he was a really smart senior and he is i'm pretty he's a he is a product manager currently he's working and he's doing really well for himself but later on when i did dare to enter the field after a lot of people encouraging me i realized that there is no material per se <laughs> the material depends upon uh, whether or not you are really interested you become that material if you really want to do it you will do it right yeah so yeah there is no no such thing as um as a, if someone randomly comes up to you and tells you that based on your personality i have judged that you will not excel in so and so field just ask him to as a go take a hike okay. he doesn't need to tell you that great Uh, so komal uh, another question is that uh, do you think there's a shortage of uh, or small number of female designers in the design industry and if you feel so how do you think that can be increased or what advice would you give to your fellow female designers see i haven't been in the design community for so long i come from an iit and the ratio there is 900 to 80 okay 900 boys and 80 girls so yeah. any which phase there are no girls anywhere right so um but uh if at all there are that I, i am pretty sure because it exists in every other field i'm sure it exists here as well right i think um to increase i'll i'll talk about increasing design uh, female workers in any field like generally okay. i won't talk about design particularly because there are certain basic problems that exist for female uh for the female workforce that need to be solved irrespective of the field and i think um the first and the foremost thing would be that the company or the organization that they are working for it needs to acknowledge that they are women by that i mean that they have there they they have there are certain things that will happen in their life right childbirth they will get married all of those things will happen and you need to give them enough space for that in my college um when there is a quota for uh, the for female say interns or hires the guys criticize that a lot because 
their chances get reduced and there is a lot of debate going on in this particular in this particular um, you know on this particular topic yeah so i did my own research yeah and i i there was this article i read some publication i don't remember i think in new york some something okay some pretty um, some well established published publication which said that uh, some research says that um, the you know having equal number of male and female uh, almost equal number of male and female workers in a comp- in an organization increases the productivity of that organization because men and women think in different ways fundamentally right i'm not saying less intelligent or more intelligent i'm just saying different ways of thinking right and both of these ways complement each other which is why when in a team you have a healthy balance of both your approach to any problem is more holistic okay and when your approach to a problem is holistic you tend to miss out on don't you don't miss out on as many points and you tend to address problems better obviously yeah precisely why companies are now paying attention to this ratio it's not about empower it's not just about empowering women it's also about increasing the productivity of their company and i think another thing that can go a very long way is um educating girls i think uh, like education is an investment in human capital and human capital has the greatest return on investment so i think uh, education and policies they can go along with great good stuff so thanks omal it's been great knowing your story and your experience i think you conducted the interview really well i mean i had a really good time and i think this is a great initiative i mean a lot of times um, students uh, in their first or their second years especially they are limited to only their uh, particular senior set right in their own college say i am from iitr so my seniors would only be people from iitr right though they will be the only people who can advise me so when you bring so many students together from different colleges this becomes a great platform for people to learn i think yeah. the future first year right second year right they have a great great platform to learn from so great initiative man thanks for listening to this episode and i hope you liked it To check out other episodes and clips from the interview, subscribe to the whiteboard.fm YouTube channel. Feel free to share your favorite parts of the interview and don't forget to tag us. This podcast is a part of the 10K Designers Network. You can check out other projects on 10kdesigners.com.